0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees, phone fee 24-monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement to $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, what's up guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Leshwab Tire
1: Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekend sports with a difference. So I thought it'd be fun if we all went around and said our name and a little something about ourselves. I'll start. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. At least I have my own bed. Your bed is a car. Yeah, but it's a sweet car. And Rashad Taylor. Will you stop your damn sniveling, son? Fuck apart. Fuck up on ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Well,
0: today is an interesting Sunday morning, that is for sure. It's going to be a uh, Mike and Jesse edition of Sports Sunday. Rashad is having some car issues and he had to wait for AAA to get there and he's not able to show up today, which is fine. Bleep happens. Totally, totally fine. Uh, but it's interesting, less for that and more just the NFL vibe is back which is kind of what I was thinking when I was driving in this morning. I'm like, man, just because of the draft, and I know how big of a deal the draft is, but just because of the draft happening, all of a sudden, and I'm sure other people are like this too, I felt like it was NFL season again. I had mentally taken a break. I had mentally checked out. And I, I, I think it's just because you spend so much time focusing on the NFL during the season it's okay to take take a little mental break plus I'm a big baseball fan so I want to watch all the baseball I can but all of a sudden in my head I'm like oh what are the Broncos doing oh yeah the Broncos had a pretty good little draft and oh look at all the quarterbacks all of a sudden I'm like is it August yet is it is it August yet and it's almost like the NFL it's it's the perfect timing And I know the NFL does it on purpose of course but It comes at this time of year when baseball's just getting underway. You're in the playoffs with the NBA and the NHL. Other sports are raining, and they're like, (laughs) cute, here's the draft. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm ready to go. I'm ready for the NFL, baby. I woke up this morning. I had no idea
2: what was going on in the NBA playoffs because it's been all NFL draft for me for the last
0: three days. I I would be lying if I said I wasn't the same way. I did not know that there was a Game 7 today. I knew, did you die? <laughs> I knew that the Jazz and Clippers were in a Game 7. I didn't know it was today. And uh, I also didn't know that Round 2 was also starting today for the other series. So, uh, yeah, I've completely caught off guard because been fully entrenched in NFL draft stuff. Yeah, the,
2: the NBA, I was... I actually thought the Clippers had moved on. I thought the the way some (laughs) prognosticators had been talking yesterday, nobody had actually said where the series was in the the radio that I was listening to. I just they made it sound like the Clippers had won and moved on. And they I was like, oh, well,
0: that's that's interesting. Well, if they if that's how they were talking, then it sounds to me like they feel like they're going to win game seven. Let's slow down and we'll talk about that a little bit later because game sevens are always cool. Plus, I really want to see the Jazz win because I just am so sick of the Clippers. And frankly, there's not many teams in the NBA that I would rather watch lose than them. But we'll talk about that probably in the second hour of the show. Uh, I do have a whole bunch of NFL draft discussion coming up here in the first hour. I just wrote down a bunch of notes that uh, just thoughts that I had while watching the draft and and following along with the picks. Uh, I will be honest. I did not watch any of the day three action. I just don't really find much interest in the round the late 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 rounds but I watched the first round and uh, the second round a part of the third round so I've got a lot of little notes that I wrote down there so we'll be getting to that here throughout the first hour a text the Bridgeport beers text line at 55305 throughout the show tell us about your favorite picks how your team did uh discussions with the quarterbacks and the running back position and all that kind of stuff so text us there 55305 you can also find us on twitter i am at mike lynch 27 jesse's at jesse Osman a-s-z-m-a-n stations at 1080 the fan and rashad who can't make it today is at taylormade 503 if you want to drop him a follow as well but i will just kind of start with the basic what a crazy first day of the nfl draft i enjoyed Everything about day one, it was normally the first round of the draft to me is boring. You know, you kind of know who's going where you kind of know what teams are interested in what, uh, there's a lot of tackles and defensive linemen taken and not the most flashy, exciting positions or not guys that necessarily you watched religiously during the college season, but this year we had trades. Trades, trades, bad trades, good trades, quarterbacks taken early, running backs taken early, electric wide receivers taken early. There were shock picks all up and down the top 10 to 15, where I would say more often than not, I sat there and went, what? That just happened? The the fact that I sat there and said the Browns made the smartest pick of the top 10, or at least the most... Sane pick of the top ten should tell you something <laughs> with how crazy the top ten was. They got Miles Garrett. They got the guy they, the best guy on the board uh, across all services. Miles Garrett was number one, uh, and they didn't get baited into taking a quarterback with the first overall pick, which I thought was very unBrowns like of them. And outside of that, though, just mayhem. It was I, insane. Um, John Lynch blew me away day one. Uh,
2: John, John Lynch, just that, that might be that diamond in the rough that San Francisco needed there in the front office to, to turn that franchise back around because he looked like a top 10 GM day one. Well, let's not, I'm not, I'm not
0: saying he is. I'm just saying that's what he looked like day one. He schooled Chicago. Yes. Well, one, one draft does not make a great GM. However, people were expecting John Lynch to look a rookie and instead he looked like the smartest GM there. Uh, with with the trades that he made and the picks that he made. Granted, uh, one of the picks has a little controversy surrounding it. We'll talk in detail about the Niners and, and the Seahawks drafts coming up, as well as uh, my favorite picks and Jesse's favorite picks from the day. But we'll also get to the quarterbacks. Like I mentioned, there were three taken in the first round and uh, then one in the second round, which I want to mention as well. Running backs, two in the first, two in the second, and then one extremely controversial running back pick in the second round. And then... uh some of the wide receivers we'll talk about at the very top of the draft as well. And uh, also later on in the show, we will take a bit of a break from the NFL. And I want to talk about the duck spring game. We, we seem to have the answer for that little mini quarterback controversy that Willie Taggart created in spring practices, where he kept giving first team reps to Travis Johnson. But uh, alas in the game yesterday, Justin Herbert was much better. So we'll talk about that. Uh, We will talk about the NBA tonight as well as, I know it's been a couple of days ago, but we haven't had a chance to talk about it here yet. The Neil Olshay audio from Cleaning Out Your Locker Day for the Blazers, which was on Tuesday after they got swept by the Warriors. Don't need to get into the series anymore. We kind of expected the sweep to happen on Sunday when we talked about it last week. But we'll be getting to the Olshay audio. I thought the Olshay audio was interesting. And I mean, it always is because he knows how to spin it. But it almost felt like for once maybe not for once. It almost felt like Olshay was being more honest than normal. It almost felt like the things he was saying, you were like, okay, you're not trying to spin this. You're saying this was a disappointing year. And there was spin in there, of course, but it wasn't like an entire spin job. It was, here is a little spin, but also we understand we don't have cap space and we understand that we have to do it this way. And we understand that this is going to happen. And frankly, I thought that was, that was impressive for him because I'm just so used to the spin doctor coming in and telling us how to feel about all these all these great assets that they have and all these great picks that they have, and he spoke pretty freely about draft or trading those draft picks. So uh, that was that was interesting too because I think a lot of Blazer fans kind of in the back of their mind wouldn't mind a, a trade, but they're kind of looking at those picks, going, "Okay, we got three good young players who might be able to help the team." Well, not so fast. He might be trying to trade some of those picks. A, because there's just not enough space in the roster, and B, because you might get a better player or a better draft pick. So that's all coming up. Plus, Hater to Love It is coming up in the 10 o'clock hour as well. I get to uh, gift myself a win this week. I get to tell Rashad how much I dominated his non-existent points when he comes back next week. You're going to have a really nice
2: cushion of wins, to losses over. Oh yeah, uh, what are the standings him? right now? I didn't
0: even. I, I don't even know. I think am, like. Am I up like four two?
2: I think you're up like. I think you're up three two. Okay, and this would put you up four. You know, two. four two. Yeah. There you go. A yeah, little cushion. Gonna,
0: mm-hmm. I could take a week off. That's right. I could just sit here and go. No, hate it. <laughs> <laughs> and then let Rashad go. It would I'll be. Take, I'll take radio. the loss. It's a gentleman's sweep. It would be a gentleman's sweep. It's fine. Rashad, you take. You know, you know, Rashad, you could start with this one. Uh huh. I agree with all your points. Next one, Jesse. Yeah, that, there we go. That would, <laughs> that would give a, be a nice little week off from that segment. That'd be nice. Uh, but I, we will we will still do hate it or love it today. Uh, I'm assuming Jesse will not be giving me points, considering I have no competition. But uh, we'll be doing hate it or love it coming up at 10:30. So lots of good stuff on the show. And again, text at five five three zero five on the Bridgeport Beers text line. Uh, but we will start next with the quarterbacks, the running backs taken in the first two rounds, especially the quarterbacks though. And oh my, the fleecing that John Lynch pulled on the Chicago Bears, who frankly are the laughing stock of the NFL to me today. That's next here on Sports Sunday on 1080 The Fan.
1: Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan.
0: 915 here on your Sunday morning. Mike Lynch here with you today on sports Sunday. Rashad is out. Jesse is still here behind the glass. Plenty of NFL draft discussion coming to your ear holes starting immediately. Text your thoughts. The fan text line at 553 or sorry, the Bridgeport beers text line at 55305. I want to start with the position of note, the most important position, the most scrutinized position, and that is quarterback. Now, we've talked about this at length leading up into the draft. Jesse has often put it in his "hate it or love it. We've discussed the value of these quarterbacks in this draft. If you remember when the first discussions around mock drafts came out, what like three or four months ago, when it's really started to get kind of hot and heavy, the, the talk was clearly the talk was there is no, first-round quarterback in this draft. Not one of the quarterbacks had a first-round grade. Not one of the quarterbacks was deserving of going in the first round. Now, combine happens, interviews happen, pro days happen, visits happen, and all of a sudden, there's like four first-round quarterbacks. All of a sudden, some guy named Mitchell Trubisky from North Carolina who nobody watched play because guess what? He only played in one season this past year. And only started in one season. Nobody, or all of a sudden he's up at the top pick. He's up at one, two, three. Those teams all need quarterbacks. They'll take Mitchell Trubisky. And you're sitting there going, of all the quarterbacks, you're putting him at number one? And you see Deshaun Watson falling down draft boards, despite the fact that he just won a national title game, beat Alabama, and he's been probably the best quarterback in college football. And then you see a guy like Deshaun Kaiser getting a first-round grade, and a guy like Patrick Mahomes And you're like, what is happening? Are teams this desperate for quarterbacks that they're going to put bad ones in the first round? The answer is, of course, yes. The answer is always yes. Don't forget that Blaine Gabbert and Jake Locker and players like that went in the top 15 in the draft. Locker and Gabbert, I believe, in the same draft in the top 15 to the Titans and the Jaguars. So you see desperation all the time, but it just was a weird year for the quarterback position, especially after last year when you had uh, a couple of good guys at the top with the debate of who's going one and who's going two. So with that being said on draft day or on the first round of the draft, we did see three quarterbacks go in the first round. And frankly, I only liked one of the picks and that would be Deshaun Watson. Of course he's my favorite going 12 overall to the Texans who did trade up with the Browns. Strangely enough mm-hmm. to get Deshaun Watson at number 12 overall. This to me was a home run draft pick by the Texans who desperately needed a quarterback and got the most instantly NFL ready. Now he may not have the highest ceiling. I'll concede that point, but the most instantly ready NFL quarterback. And they got him at the 12th pick with a trade. And I think it was an incredible pick for them. Judging by how the first 10 picks went, that pick was like, yes. Smart pick Houston. You've done a lot of stupid things the last year. This is a smart pick.
2: Yeah, I I think what this does is it addresses their most glaring need and that's obvious. Um when you you have a solid backfield, you have the weapons on the outside. Um you have some okay tight ends. So your your glaring need was quarterback. Your defense has been solid for years. That's what you're known for, but you you had like a couple good years of Matt Schaub, and that's it in your entire history of a franchise. So what you're hoping here is that you moved up and you got yourself a franchise-caliber quarterback or at least a starting-caliber quarterback in this league, and you didn't have to overpay to get him like some of these other guys like uh, Chicago or I would say Kansas City as well um, to get your guy. And the fact that your guy fell to the 12th spot Very fortuitous for Houston; it just worked out perfectly for them. That Kaiser, I agree, most NFL-ready guy, um, fell with uh, those with teams like New York, who didn't need a safety and did need a quarterback. Well, they did need a safety. I mean, and not as much as they need a quarterback. They've been taking. That's the thing, though. Like New York, every year goes defense, 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 and then they roll out like Geno Smith or they roll out Ryan Fitzpatrick right that they need a
0: quarterback well they have they got josh mccown this year right that's who they have right now mm-hmm. so eh. <laughs> i mean he's better than geno smith so that's 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 something at least my one of my my good friends is a jets fan and he was thrilled with the jamal adams pick and i, I don't blame him because he was supposed to go like number two yeah and they fell all the way to the jets but um so the watson pick was great now the other two quarterbacks taken in the first round much, much more questions, many more questions from me about those. And we will start with the with the highest, and that is, of course, Mitchell Trubisky, who, look, I will eat all the crow in the history of Earth if he is a great quarterback right away. But the Bears got, A, fleeced, and B, tricked by the Niners. The Niners had the number two pick and were, from the reports I read, basically telling the Bears, all these teams want to trade up to this. All these teams are talking about Trubisky. They want to trade up. They want to trade up to the second pick. We have offers all over the place. So the Bears give them uh, the number three pick, which is the one right behind them, and then two more picks in this draft as well as a first-round pick next year. So they give up four picks, including a first or two firsts, to move up one spot, and they took Mitchell Trubisky. People were floored when that happened. I I I was sitting there going, why would the Bears trade up? I mean, they need a quarterback. They better not be taking a quarterback. Oh, God, they took a quarterback. Um, they took Trubisky. And then the report comes out and says the Niners didn't have any trade offers. That they just lied to the Bears straight up and said they just played him. They played him for dumb. <laughs> and they said, hey, we got all these offers. If you want it, you got to give us more. You got to give us more. They did. And it turns out the Niners, A, weren't even taking a quarterback. They weren't going to take Trubisky, which I think was probably part of their argument. It was like, well, if you don't trade us more, we're just going to take him at two. We need a quarterback. And they get the guy they want anyway. They get Solomon Thomas, who's the guy they were going to draft at two if they didn't do the trade. They get him at three. Plus, they get every pick known to man from the Bears. I, I was floored that the Bears did that move, but I was super impressed. And we mentioned a little bit in the first segment with John Lynch. A rookie GM doing a move like that—that that shows a lot of smarts. It
2: it shows the aggressive nature that you want out of your GM. Um, uh, it we've discussed on this show how a GM can change the nature, the culture of a franchise. Um, when when John Elway came into the Broncos, which is an easy example for us, he immediately changed the culture of the, that franchise in the direction to the point where they went to two Super Bowls over the period of three years. Um, now you're looking at a situation in San Francisco where you're one of the most storied franchises. You made some really bad decisions in the front office uh, on the coaching staff, and now all of a sudden everybody's laughing at you for giving this six-year deal to John Lynch, a guy who's never even been in the front office before, never been in a scouting department before. I still think that's a little crazy to give a six-year deal right off the bat. It's, It's It is crazy, but the one thing you know about, like, I guess the one thing I want out of a coach, out of a player, out of a GM is somebody that lives, eats, breathes football, you know, and that's why that's one of the reasons why Peyton Manning's so coveted for that type of position is because that's that's what he does. That's what John Lynch does, and that's why he was such a good broadcaster is because he just digests all this information and. He proved that he's got the chops to go up there and at least, you know, possibly be a, a really good GM in this league. I'm not going to try to say he's a top GM in this league. He he had a top day. He had a top weekend. He got two of the top five um, players in the draft in the first round. One, granted, one of them falling for filling a drug, filling test, a yeah. drug test or having a diluted drug test. Same thing. But he had a great a great weekend and he fleeced Chicago for a guy that I, I don't even think was a third-round quarterback.
0: No, and that's the problem, is that he the, the opinions on him were, they weren't they were really split in terms of where he was going to get drafted, but I think they were split on more just the kind of quarterback he could be. And for the Bears to give all that money to a backup in Mike Glennon to be their starter and then draft a guy who <laughs> were questioning whether or not he's going to be a good starter just makes no sense. Plus, they made that trade. so. Bears got destroyed in this deal, but Trubisky was the first quarterback taken at number two. Then the the other one that we're skipping, the one in the middle, I'm a little less certain on my hot take on the pick, in my opinion, because the, the Chiefs traded up to take Patrick Mahomes, uh, the quarterback from Texas Tech, and they also gave up a first-round pick next year. Now, for the Chiefs, that's not quite as egregious because that's probably going to be somewhere in the late teens to high 20s. Just that that's they tend to draft in the 20s, the Chiefs do. They're a very good team, so they're not gonna be that they're not gonna be that high in the draft. So despite losing a first round pick, you're not losing a really high first round pick. And they gave up two picks in this year's draft, so three instead of four, like the Bears did, which makes sense because it was the tenth pick. And they they draft Patrick Mahomes, which again, surprising to me. Sure, you want a quarterback of the future because Alex Smith is not the best. But he's a solid starting quarterback, and he's also going to be done in probably a couple of years. But you go that high over Watson and over some of the other guys like Webb or Kaiser or anything like that. Although I don't like Kaiser very much anyway, and um, and you take Mahomes, Todd McShay, who Todd McShay basically said was a mess. He said he was a mess at the quarterback position. He said that he was one of the. He had a fine high ceiling, but everything he did was bad, bad footwork, bad arm angles, bad reading, bad picks. Everything was bad, and they took him at 10, but they're not starting him. So that's where I'm i am wavering on the hot take meter here because I don't think it's a great pick, but it's not like they're going to thrust him into the starting lineup right away. I don't
2: think it's a great pick for a team that's trying to win now. And, and that's where Kansas City is. You you have Alex Smith, who is a competent quarterback, and we've seen it. it's more often than not that you win with a franchise quarterback, but you can win with a competent game-managing quarterback in this league. We've seen it at the highest level. You can, you can win that Super Bowl. And so when you go out, and I understand investing in the future, investing a pick and getting a quarterback, but I don't in- understand – Moving up into the top 10, taking a quarterback that, once again, I think should have been there in the third round for you. And if he's not, there's comparable quarterbacks um, when you're grooming a guy. But that pick really blew my mind. I, I, I feel like you are you were moving up to get yourself one more weapon for Alex Smith or you were um, just getting one more piece for that defense. But instead, you chose to get a quarterback, a guy that's not even going to help your team for the next three years and that that blows my mind maybe I mean maybe they're planning on moving on from Alex Smith after this year but I don't think Mahomes was a guy that was supposed to be ready after only one season so when you think about that you it is I I think it's a bad pick I think it's a bad move um unless it's Andy Reid saying going to the GM and saying this is our future I don't understand it
0: uh I I think I misread this uh the, the thing I was looking at, I think they gave up a third round next year, plus the first and the third and the fourth this year, if I'm reading this correctly. Their first round pick this year, they, they switched spots, then third, fourth, and then the third round pick next year. So, okay, slightly misspoke, but still a lot of picks to give up for a guy like Trubisky. The only other quarterback that got taken in the top two rounds, thank you, Texter, by the way, on the Bridgeport Bridge text line, who corrected me on that, uh, was Deshaun Kaiser to the Browns at number 52, So second round pick for the quarterback there. Um, I was very, very impressed by the Browns not taking a quarterback with their first pick because they need one, but there was nobody of value there, in my opinion, who was worth taking with the first pick of the draft. I was surprised they traded out of the 12th pick of the draft and let Watson go there to the Texans, but... Again, we just talked about it. The value of these quarterbacks is weird this year because nobody truly knows if they're going to be first round talents or not. So the Bears are the the Browns are saying, "Okay, look, we don't love any of these guys. We we have Brock Osweiler, which I mean, he's a quarterback and he can throw a football sometimes, maybe. And then you've got the pick in the second round where you take Deshaun Kaiser. Now I don't love Kaiser. Um, I didn't love him at Notre Dame, but for for that kind of a round where they took him, I think it was a fine pick." I just don't know how to feel about the Browns who desperately needed a quarterback waiting that long when you could have gotten Watson to 12. They traded away the 12th pick where they could have very easily taken Watson because that's where he went, and they went and got Kaiser instead. That's where I'm confused. Now, I'm happy Watson went to the Texans because I'm sure he'll have a better career now than going to the Browns, but I just don't, I don't know. I think it was smart, but then again, it's also you're taking Kaiser. And do we really think Deshaun Kaiser is going to be a good quarterback in the NFL? I don't think so. I mean, from watching him play at Notre Dame, I was never impressed.
2: No, I think what you see is you see flat. You saw flashes with him, um, especially I think the first game or two of the season. He looked good, kind of fell apart, um, but he has, I think, potential there. And well, don't they all do? mean? Yeah, right. It, and well, I mean, well, one thing we know is this is one of the hardest positions to figure out as far as. Are they going to translate from the college game to the pro game? I mean, there's there are so many guys that have played in big time games that haven't and you know won national championship games, and they don't translate to the next level. And then you get guys like Carson Wentz who didn't even play at the Division One level, and they come in and just surprise the heck out of you, it right off the bat. You know, uh, Joe Flacco, another one of those guys, you know, uh, you, you look at a, a guy like um, Ben Roethlisberger out of Mi- uh, Miami, Ohio, who never played in any huge games. And he yeah. came in and he's a Hall of Fame type guy. You just didn't you he make the playoffs know. in his first year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, I mean, that, it was this whole thing. Uh, Tommy Maddox the whole offensive line was pro Tommy Maddox and then they made that switch and there was like an anti Ben movement from the offensive line of all things in that Pittsburgh locker room. And he won him over by the end of the season. You know, it's just, you never know at that position. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and say, you got a guy with talent um, it, and he doesn't have to be on the field right away. I think you might. Cody Kessler showed flashes last year. just yeah. being competent. I'm not saying he's going to be great possibly being competent and that's all you need right now because we all know there's a good uh, at least a much better quarterback class coming up next year than what we had this year
0: all right coming up next we will switch gears to the running back position which seems to be growing in importance once again in the nfl and we'll talk about the guys who went high in the running back position the top two rounds there plus some of uh, the favorite picks that we had and least favorite picks of the early rounds of the draft And then I will quiz Jesse on the five teams that Mel Kuyper gave an A or A-grade to who had the best draft. That is all coming up next, but first, Jesse has SportsCenter.
1: Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 9.37
0: 9.37 here on your Sunday morning. Mike Lynch with you. Rashad's out today. Jesse's here, though. We're talking a lot of NFL draft. Just got done talking about the quarterbacks taken early on in the draft. I want to switch gears to the running back position as we are continuing to see running backs taken high in the draft. And at least to me, it, it feels like there's more importance being put on that position once again. And I don't know if it's it's the case, that if it's because the... Uh, a lot of teams are going running back by committee and they're noticing that they're not really getting a dominant performance consistently and they want to get a big bruising three down running back. Or if more teams are going to the committee approach and just basically hoarding running backs to see if they can get one or two who can really be helpful and and carry the ball. Now what's interesting to me about the first running back taken, which was Leonard Fournette, by the way, to the Jaguars at four is I looked at that pick and was – like I said earlier, I was kind of shocked with a lot of the picks that were taken in the first 10. I was like, what? You're taking Fournette at four overall, where we all know the Jaguars have many issues. It's not just uh, quarterback. It's not just running back, which I didn't even think was much of an issue, to be honest. Uh, It's not just uh, getting a good tight end and getting better help on the defensive line. There's issues all over the place for that team. But the first pick in a very good section of the draft and a very good draft people were raving about this draft you take a position that you have three good options in or two and a half good options in I will say you've got Chris Ivory you have TJ Eldon who granted hasn't turned out to be great yet but has uh, looked solid at times and then you've got don't forget Denard Robinson who um, <laughs> turned into a pretty good little backup running back there and then you take Leonard Fournette with the fourth overall pick. Fournette's a good running back. He was uh, the most highly rated running back of any of the running backs in the draft this year. I'm not sure how I feel about him in the NFL. He, he, to me, he screams like another Trent Richardson or something like that, another big bruising SEC back that might have some trouble once he gets to the NFL. But either, either way, even if he's good, you just drafted a surplus position, basically. Because you got everybody else in your team. So it was weird. It was a weird pick. I, I, I didn't think the Jaguars needed him there. <laughs> I feel like they could have gotten, oh, I don't know, Dalvin Cook in the second round who went in the second round. Or any of the other running backs who went a little bit lower. It felt like a reach to me, I guess is what I'm saying. My most basic hot take there. I'm not going to
2: disagree with you one one bit. I uh, It, it kind of comes down to why I haven't been supporting teams going out and getting Adrian Peterson. I don't think his style of running really fits the NFL and the way it's gone the last five years. And when you think about the way that Fournette runs, he he's not an elite speedster. He's a guy that looks for contact and he tries to power through you. And that just doesn't tend to work as much in the NFL anymore, um, especially when you just don't have breakaway speed. So I'm curious to see if he can live up to the fourth overall pick. Um, I I don't see something like an Ezekiel Elliott. He is not.
0: He's not Ezekiel Elliott.
2: No. And I I don't see that career arc. I mean,
0: I don't see him really being a 1600 yard back ever. Well, he also is not going to be starting with the best offensive line in football. No, Uh, he will be starting with a pretty mediocre offensive line behind the Jacksonville Jaguars. And frankly, he's kind of the same running back that they have. Chris Ivory, slow, bruising, looks for contact. TJ Eldon, a little quicker, better at catching passes, but still looks for contact. Uh, Denari, I'm, I, ca- I counted our Robinson because I like him. He's fun to watch, but he's, he's he's a faster guy. He's a little bit more, I mean, he's a converted running back, but he's a little bit more of a, uh, a pass catching guy in the first place. But they basically just got another guy who they already have two of. So I, I know Ivory's old and it was kind of, a, you were trying to see if he'd do anything. I know Yeldon hasn't panned out yet, but it's a reach it's a reach. You could have gotten a running back of similar skill, in my opinion, a little bit lower in the draft. Now, uh, also going in the top 10, Christian McCaffrey, Stanford goes to the Carolina Panthers at eight. This, this pick was actually predicted by almost everybody, so I wasn't surprised when this one happened. I don't know if I would consider this one a reach or not. I'd, I'll still say a little bit because the running back this high is hard, especially when you have Jonathan Stewart, who who's had some good years there. So again, it's a position that's not necessarily an immediate need, but he gives you a guy who can catch some passes out of the backfield because he does, he does it all. I think Christian McCaffrey's a very talented player. I think Christian McCaffrey can be a better version of Darren Sproles and Reggie Bush and and those kind of catch passing first, running back second. But I think he can do both really effectively. Plus, he can even line up in the slot and be a good uh, good threat out there so I think he's kind of a a Swiss Army knife of a running back which is an important piece for the for the Panthers who frankly don't have a lot of offensive weapons outside of Kelvin Benjamin so I, I like the pick I it's maybe it's a little bit of a reach because it was at the eighth spot overall but I think McCaffrey's gonna be good and I think that's at least a, a positive thing to give Cam Newton as a guy who can kind of do it all um when you look at
2: what when you so when you look at how Cam succeeded and then how he was kind of failing, it was almost the same way. When they when they stopped using Cam as a big time runner in that offense last year, because they did, they they started using Jonathan Stewart they more. They had to protect him more. They had to protect him more and all that because people were worried about this these these illegal hits. But it's because he was giving himself up as a runner. So yes, they had to stop running him as much. That led to kind of stalling in that offense. Jonathan Stewart is okay, but he always gets injured during some part of the season. And I don't think he's a bell cow, and he doesn't do all of these things great where McCaffrey is going to be able to give you six touches between the tackles. He'll be able to give you five catches, and he'll be giving you some return yardage. He's going to be able to help you in all phases of the game. And like you said, he's a Swiss Army knife, and that's kind of what you like in this league now. You like a guy that can do more than one thing. You like a football player, not a running back, because that's what Christian McCaffrey is. He's a football player.
0: Dalvin Cook goes second round, 41st overall to the Vikings. Love the pick uh, because the value, because he's a very good running back. He was considered a potential first-round running back. You get him middle, second round, go to a team, and the Vikings do need one now that Adrian Peterson is gone. Go to a team that needs a a better three down back situation because I'm sorry, Jarek McKinnon, Matt Asiata, you're not doing it. I think this was a great pick. I liked this one a lot because it was not a reach. It was a position of need, and I thought it was a smart pick. And then the other one that was in the second round was the super controversial pick of getting um, Joe, Mixon. Joe Mixon to the Bengals. He of the punching women in the face in restaurants at college on video, Joe Mixon who was given a suspension, a.k.a. a redshirt year, and then came back to play for Oklahoma. Now, I don't think anybody who follows the NFL is surprised that it was the Bengals who decided to draft Joe Mixon because they could give a rip about character issues for these guys. They, they've they got Vontes Perfect, and they signed Adam Pac-Man Jones, and they've got all sorts of guys who have had character issues in the past, and they have, frankly, ignored them. Is Joe Mixon going to be a good running back? Who knows? And I, I don't care. I, I frankly don't. I'm I'm at this point where I'm kind of sick of ignoring the negatives just because they might be a good football player. And it, it's easy to fall into because, look, it happened, right? The story's, the story's passed. We've seen it. We've seen the video. Uh, whether we wanted to or not, we saw the video. And you get past it because the guy's on the football field and you're not talking about it anymore. I'm tired of that. I would like to keep remembering that because I don't want to root for Joe Mixon. I don't want to draft Joe Mixon in fantasy. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to be that person. So, uh, is it a good pick? I I don't. Frankly, I don't care. I'm kind of frustrated that anybody took him that high in the in the draft. To be in the first place because it's frustrating. So, no, <laughs> I didn't like that pick. <laughs> I, I didn't
2: like it either. The, from what I understand, there was only four teams that even had him on their draft board. So, I I feel like. Okay, you're you're only gambling that there's three other teams that want to take him, and they, there's probably other pieces that maybe they want. Like, let him fall, let him fall a little bit. Yeah, you know I mean, take him in the second round. He has never
0: more... he's never truly been punished for this. Nope, he's been given every chance to make every chance to come back and keep playing. Nothing, nothing outside of the the media firestorm, outside of his public perception, nothing bad has happened to him. And now he's going to get second round money.
2: Well, he didn't get invited to the NFL Combine. Mm-hmm. Uh. That, that helps so much. <laughs> so yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I think this was, um, I, it just goes to show some teams all they care about is people that can play. They don't care about the actual person that's playing the game.
0: It's just, it was a frustrating frustrating move for me for them to take Joe Mixon. So out of all the running backs, I like McCaffrey. I like Cook. Didn't like Fournette as a pick. Didn't like. Um, uh, Mixon as a pick all right coming up next can jesse guess who mel kuyper give a's and a minuses to in the draft based on his very good knowledge of the nfl draft and watching it religiously as he did we will find out next here on sports sunday on the fan
1: Weekends were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All
0: right, final segment here in the first hour of the show, 9.50 here on Sports Sunday. Rashad's out today. Mike Lynch, Jesse Asmond with you, talking plenty of NFL draft. Just wanted to have a little, little game's ease here as I was reading the draft grades earlier this morning. And, you know, say what you will about Mel Kuyper, I tend to focus on ESPN.com for my draft coverage, just what I've always done. You're the only one with an insider account here, too, huh? The only one? (laughs) I I don't know if I'm the only one, but I have one, yes. (laughs) Um, But So I was reading that. I was reading – I I like McShay more than I like Kuyper, but Kuyper's grades are the ones that are out at the moment that I can find, at least. So – I thought it'd be interesting, especially uh, since Jesse watched the draft. I'm assuming you watched most of it or at least followed most of it. Uh, I followed most of the – I watched the entire first day. I tried
2: to follow the second day as much as I could. I was working, and then um, I had to work on Saturday as well, so I didn't get to see all of that, but I once again was checking it on my phone religiously. Me and my – one of my really good friends that are – Bronco fans, we were constantly back and forth between all the Broncos picks, so I definitely am well-versed in those. I've gone over all the picks from all the teams and kind of wrote down some notes on all the different teams of what I think. Some of them, if I didn't write anything down, I just kind of thought it was a blah, average draft.
0: All right, so there are five teams who got an A or an A- from he of the floofy hair, Mel Kuyper, and I, I think one or two of them will be really easy for you. But uh, the rest, I think, might be a little challenging. So in, we'll, we'll give you the guess. And I'm going to give you the Mario noises for it. Who? Is it right or is it wrong? Who are the five? And why do you think they are um, a good pick?
2: Well, th- or this, good grade, I'm going to start with this one because I don't think anybody in the right mind would ever have said this before the draft. But I'm going to stick with the Cleveland Browns. Mm. Tell me they got a... They, no. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, go ahead. Push that. There. How
0: did the Cleveland Browns not get an A draft from Mel Kuyper? The Cleveland Browns, scrolling, 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 got a B draft uh, from Mel Kuyper, which is not that bad. You got Miles Garrett, Jabril Peppers. Jabril Peppers was one of my favorite
2: picks in this draft. Like this, uh, when we're talking about Christian McCaffrey being a football player, that's what Jabril Peppers is. Everybody's complaining. Is he a linebacker? Is he a safety or what is he? I think Peppers uh, was a, a bit of a
0: player. I think he was a bit of a reach because I, I guarantee they probably could have got him in the second round because people were there. He was falling down draft boards throughout the, the process. The reason that they gave him a B is because he's this is what he says. The issue, of course, is Watson Deshaun Watson now joins Carson Wentz as they could have been quarterback for the Browns and his successes or failure will be closely watched. And he's also not too high into Sean Kaiser. So.
2: But at the same time, if yes, they had. I'm going to I'll say, yeah, you you should have picked um, Wentz last year. But Watson, we've had this discussion more than once on this show. Didn't have a first round grade. That was a smart move not to take Watson. Yeah, they you know what they did but we they addressed like the
0: Texans all- ting- I like the Texans taking Watson though.
2: Yes, but they didn't have the glaring needs across the board that a team like Cleveland had. Now Cleveland did a great job in the offseason. They addressed their um their offensive line, they beefed it up, they made sure it's ready to rock and roll. They got weapons uh as far as like Corey Coleman um on the outside. Uh I mean they they have pieces. They had a a, atrocious defense. Anybody could score on them last year. So, what they do, they went and got a safety. They went and got a defensive end. They went and got a tight end that can do a little bit better than Barnage. Um, uh, uh, they went and got a guy that could possibly be as good, if not better, than Watson in the second round and Deshaun Kaiser. So, I. Okay, they, so the they went, Jesse
0: Osmond draft grade for the Browns is an A. Is an A. Okay. Yeah, I'm well, giving them a solid A. I'm sorry to tell you that you were incorrect, but at least you fought your point
2: yeah, there you go. I, I mean um i'll I'll throw this one out there now. we've We've talked about these guys. Please tell me San Francisco got an A,
0: yes. Yeah, San Francisco got a uh, an a minus, but in the a range, he was in love with the draft early, especially for the the picks. And this is I wanted to mention the Reuben Foster pick um because we kind of glossed over it early. That's a great pick because Reuben Foster was a top five on some mock draft talent. And he failed the drug test of the combine. and by failed, that means there was a diluted sample. That could mean, he was trying to hide something. It could mean anything else. Diluted sample is one of those where I look at it and I understand why it's a failed drug test. But then again, I also say, so he had a lot of clear pee. Uh, so, oh, I'm so sorry that the fails you a drug test. But I like that pick a lot because that was they were saying that they were going to take. They might have taken him over Solomon Thomas, and they got him at what pick twenty three? No, pick thirty one. Got him at pick thirty one. Ruben Foster. So they got their top two players on the board in the top two picks in the draft at three and thirty-one. That's a win-win for me. That's an A grade.
2: Yeah, they they're an A an A. And and this is the thing about the diluted sample. This is where it's really interesting. I was listening to a um, I can't remember who what his name was. He was on the Colin Cowherd show um earlier in the week. And basically he actually brought up the science of how diluted samples Happen and so he basically used Jabril Peppers as an example because Jabril Peppers was the only other player um, at the combine to have a diluted sample. Now, apparently, D- Peppers has also had a real problem with cramps in his history, mm-hmm. and so how do you deal with cramps? You, you drink water, drink lots of water. So he's basically saying, in order to reach this diluted sample, Peppers would have had to drink a bottle of water for six hours straight. Okay. A, a pro athlete drinking a bottle of water for 6 hours straight is that out of the realm of possibility? No,
0: of course not. I but see, here's the thing. I agree with that and that's why I think diluted samples are strange, but if you're taking drugs and you're trying to hide it and flush it out of your body, guess what you're doing? You're drinking six bottles of water every hour or whatever. It's a bottle per hour for 6 straight hours. Yeah, so. but
2: you're also doing the same thing if you're battling cramps. So, I yeah. mean, so when a guy like Jabril Peppers, he was he also was considered a guy that was kind of a top 15 guy and then, oh well, what player is he? All right. So we're moving on from Jarrell Peppers. I got San Francisco, right? I've already explained why I love San Francisco. Yes, they are uh, an
0: a, a, one of the A's or A minuses for Mel Kuiper.
2: I'm going to go this one. This might be a little bit of a reach, but I liked their draft as well. And that's
0: Tampa Bay. Tampa Ooh. Bay is one of the A's, baby.
2: Dude, O.J. Howard. O.J. Howard at 19. Are you kidding me?
0: I know, and that was one of their top needs, too.
2: Oh, my gosh. I was like, please, please. I was basically, me and my buddy go back and forth. I'm like, they're taking Cook right here, and we're going to get Howard at 20. They're taking Cook, and we're going to get Howard at... Nope, they didn't take Cook. <laughs> we didn't get Howard. We got Bulls. But you know what? That met our needs. So, but you're right. That that right there, he you was know, considered dude, like a... the
0: Broncos a- got the greatest name in all football And Jake, but Granted, <laughs> he's not going to play, but they got Jake Butt. And I don't clear. know. I,
2: I, the, I'm I, off topic again. I think Jake Butt's like a Heath Miller type guy. Okay. Good. So I think he's going to be a great blocker, and he's going to be a guy that in the height of his best season, he's going to give you eight touchdowns, but he's going to be a solid little safety valve.
0: Okay. So you like the Bucks? I like the Bucks. So you've gotten two of the five thus far. Uh, throw this one out there. Seattle. Mm-mm.
2: No. No. They didn't have a first round pick, but boy, they had an awesome draft. Right.
0: Let's get we're gonna get to Seattle and the Niners in full next. I just want to go quickly here, and we got a break, so I'll I'll tell you the other three. Or yeah, the other three. His top grade went to the Chargers, who we gave an A to, saying that uh, they gave weapons to Philip Rivers and they got the best receiver on the board, seven overall in Mike Williams. And he loves that Forrest Lamp, who he had as one of the highest rated offensive guards, gets them in the second round. And they need offensive line help. So he was very high on their their draft. Gave the Patriots an A. Um, I don't know. I feel like that was more because they got Brandon Cooks for a pick, and they was just there. he's talking about the draft as a whole. I don't know. So the, he said the, the Saints? No, no. no, The, the Chargers. The char- okay, okay. The Patriots and the Bills. Yeah. No, I can't put the Patriots in there. I,
2: I'm sorry. I I don't. You can't you can't consider four picks
0: in a grid. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> you just can't. And they gave the bills an a as the final team. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. Oh, um, the one thing I did like about their draft is it showed that they were committed to Tyrod Taylor. They didn't take a QB until the fifth round. Yep. So, um, and they got
0: a good value for him because Peterman was supposed to be a potentially third round. pick, yeah. And they got him in the, fifth yeah.
2: Round. So I think you got a guy that maybe if you, if Taylor doesn't pan out for you, which I don't understand why you wouldn't, then you have a guy in a couple of years that can maybe come in. But, um, no, I I can't believe that the um, Chargers or uh, the, the New England Patriots got an A-grade.
0: Well, that's why it's Mel Kiper. That's yeah. why he's uh, he's uh, divisive as he is. All right, coming up next, I uh, just want to get into the Seahawks draft as well. And we talked to Diners a little bit, but a little bit more about that. And then we'll move on to some Olshay audio in the ten fifteen segment in an hour two. Plus, eight or love it. That's all still to come here on Sports Sunday on Ten to the Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy